Here we are, uh, and uh, at the end of recording this podcast, we're going to have our first Zoom meeting with uh, patrons. I'm pretty excited about it, and crazy enough, it was set up by Chuck Opperman, our friend who just a week ago was in the hospital with the coronavirus, and um, and it was funny. He jumped up and he said, "I'll I'll set it up in my company, which is a it's an antivirus company called Malware Bytes. Have you ever heard of it?" Yeah, but Chuck and antivirus is the most ironic thing. Uh, uh, trust I me. Tell you. Uh, trust Jesus. me. I, I was foreshadowing Chuck, that, but you went right Chuck for said, it. If, if it's the last thing I do, Chuck said, I'll make sure this won't go. Yeah. Anyway, oh. so his company, Malware Bytes, is a great antivirus software. And it won't keep you from getting COVID-19. But I guarantee you, your computer won't get COVID-19. And, I, I, and that's... That's worth yeah. something these days. Yeah, I had a I had a um, a virus last week. I got a message from Microsoft saying, "Hey, your account's been compromised. Call Microsoft right now and have them reinstall all your stuff for you." That and I called like the number on my screen. Yeah. yeah, called the number on my screen. It's a scam. And a, a very nice lady from a very nice country, very far away. Yes, answered the phone with How a do very you know nice. She accent. was nice, or are you simply? Per- Foreshadowing she had, that oh, you're gullible. She had, she had game. She had game. She, she, well, why, why would, well, uh, you can, you can, you can call this, and I'm not yeah. being as a racist, I'm just doing an, a, a reinterpretation, a reenactment yeah, yeah, yeah. of her voice. You can call, you can go into Google and look for the phone number that is on the screen, and if it's not, it's Microsoft trouble, you know, security, well, that would be the number that comes up, and I will call you right back. You go and, you, I'll just, Connect. You go to the Google and you look at that, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. will call you right back. By the way, uh, go- Jelaine Maxwell had game too. <laughs> yeah, well, she yeah, Having she's got game video game. Doesn't mean yeah. you're nice. So it, it was you know the scam, right? Well, I do now because I googled it and said Microsoft will never contact you about security because first off they don't give a rats. Of course they. But the, <laughs> like they think Microsoft sitting around. You know how could we hire more people to just call people up and help them randomly? Oh no, Spike O'Neill's in danger. He's had already a rough year. Last thing he needs is fraud to empty all his bank accounts. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, did you call the woman back? Did you play with her? Um, no, you know, she's like, you go and Google and I will call you right back at this phone number. And she never called back. Oh. I, I went and looked and I, I brought up a Microsoft phone number and it was like, my, first off, Microsoft will never call you. Right. Um, if you want to contact Microsoft, this is a number, not the one that was on my screen. Yeah. You, you know, uh, Cliff, uh, my brother-in-law, whom you know, had this scam and he got all the way to giving them his credit card number. Oy, 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 oy. Oh yeah, and they logged into his computer and the guy was working on his computer. Oh. And um, look, they say, oh, you need this and it's gonna cost this much. And they, so they're fishing for information, but it's also just a phony scam to pretend they found something wrong with your computer. Well, weren't they installing a Trojan whatever uh, condom well, so on his computer? Everyone is, every unique 
whether it's from Kenya or Nigeria or India or wherever. Everyone could be unique, but it's it's a typical ruse to get into someone's computer. So, yeah. well, by uh, the, the way, the point is I ran, I ran I ran malware. Yeah, to get the virus out. Well, malware bites, yeah. and that's what uh, Chuck's company is. So we're giving them a free plug because what the heck? And so Chuck sent up the call, and it's going to be uh, routed through their servers which will give us extra bandwidth, you know, more so than each of us have. And it'll show. So our, our call has to go to Florida? I mean, that scares me. <laughs> yes, I, I get that. Uh, so anyway, welcome, everybody. That's, uh, by the time you hear this, we will have already had our first Zoom uh, meeting with special people, and we'll probably do it once in a while. So if you're considering signing up to be a patron, just go to patreon.com slash Bob Rivers and you can read so it's, about it's it. our first board meeting, B-O-R-E-D. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, all right, everybody. Wow. There is so much in the news, so much going on, so much that Bob, Spike, and Joe would feast on if we were on the radio, but we'd have to be careful not to offend any sponsors. So I don't know where to begin. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess there are two topics near and dear to Joe's heart. And I'm going to take the easy one first. And that's the Washington Redskins no more. And I really, I'm dying to know what you think of it, Joe. I think it's, all, it's, it's great. I mean, there can't be a single person other than maybe somebody who has a ton of extra Redskins uh, sweatshirts to sell or something. I don't think anybody could say this is bad. I mean, it's... Uh, it, it's uh, it's not like you're uh, you're changing the name of some team that just won three Super Bowls. These guys have stunk for a long time. Oh, they that need, helps. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, they. So need you're some, saying if you had a racist team that was doing really well, you should keep the name. <laughs> it would be harder. I mean, it would be harder if, if the Redskins were holding up the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Yeah. It would be a tougher you, sale. You saw but, what I did there, Spike. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. That was that was I was like watching a mouse go in for the. <laughs> what I love. Love, and I love the way you put it, Joe, is anytime you say you couldn't find anybody to disagree and I, and I would go, well, there is this thing called the Internet. You can find people to believe or disbelieve anything. Um, I cannot believe how many people are online going, I am Native American and I do not believe we should be changing the name of a <laughs> fancy football Native team. American. I, saw I love old name Redskin. My father was Redskin. My yeah. father's hands were red from taking hairy scalp things from white people. <laughs> we love this team. Uh, yes, um, they're bots. They're Russian bots. I got it. So, uh, so it's big. Uh, I'm gonna uh, before I play devil's advocate, which I, I still have a bone to pick with a listener who complained last week about that. Um, <laughs> before I play devil's advocate, I'm gonna tell you, I totally agree with this. I think that all of these people who are saying we're canceling history are morons. Um, because we're not canceling history. We're writing new history. We're bringing civilization along to be more civilized. No one complained about tearing down the Berlin Wall. Maybe, maybe. Hey, Spike, can you do someone in Berlin who is really upset about it? My father helped to build Berlin yes. Wall. Again, a Russian bot. I don't think Russian <laughs> yeah. bots existed well, then. Actually, the Russian guys did help build Berlin Wall. Oh, they did, Wall. okay. Yeah. <laughs> They were none too pleased to see it come down. They weren't. Okay. So, but. We finally got things to color gray that we like. And now you want to bring color in plants. What is problem? 
So you see, anytime you say no one would ever agree with something. So I was just, what I'm saying is I think this is something most everybody, even from the owner on down, can benefit from. He's going to have a whole new line of swag to sell. You're you're putting some new spirit into something that was, frankly, not doing too well already. Absolutely. Um, I just can't believe how quickly it was done. I've never seen anybody in Washington make a decision as quickly as this. You pull away the the advertising money, and lo and behold, boy, do people jump. So you have read about why it was done so quickly. Well, I know FedEx said they weren't going to support them, and they have the naming rights to the stadium, and then Nike and Amazon, and we were, uh, our last podcast, that had just happened when we were signing off, I think Amazon pulled that they weren't going to sell the swag, so once once everybody starts bailing, you know, you're you're kind of, there's not any choice, really. Yeah. I I love that the notice was sent out on official Redskin stationery with official Redskin logoed letterhead. Well, you got to use it up. because while this guy may have a conscience now, he's still a cheap bastard, yeah. and he's not going to let letterhead go to waste. Just like that Geico lizard. Put him in your desk for later. We may need him later. You know? So, wait a minute. Is the Geico copies. lizard no more? No, they changed their logo. He's making copies of the old logo or the old saying, and the guy goes, we're not using that anymore. He goes, well, what do you want me to do with all these? He goes, put oh. them in your desk. We may need them later. Got it. They may go back. So, uh, so the devil's advocate part of this is that, and I believe both sides, by the way, that's part of my problem, is that I have empathy for various points of view, uh, not not the white supremacists, but lots of other people. And we now are living in a mob culture where angry mobs with pitchforks show up on social media and do stuff really quick. Uh, that can be good, but it's also a double-edged sword. I mean, it's why the expression throw the baby out with the bathwater, it, it's why sometimes unfairly people are canceled. And we know a couple of examples of that. In this case, yeah. I think it was great. But I, the mob culture makes a decision, and it's really like the CBS show Survivor. The tribe has spoken, and your torch gets snuffed out. Now, when it's a torch you want snuffed out, it's awesome. But I think it's a double-edged sword. I think uh, it's also part of why lots of fake things are believed by a lot of people. Because it's said in the media, in their tribe, and they believe it. And no one has enough time to read and cross-check and fact-check multiple sources. Everybody's just got to kind of pick a lane they want to be in, and then they tend to, you know, go along with what that narrative is. Does everybody follow me on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless you're unemployed. Then you got all the time to fact-check and cross-reference. Or retired, my friend. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, you know, the glass is half empty, the glass is on somebody else's table. That's yeah, what I look that's at. right. And so you have time. You're reading more news than ever, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, although I did tell you that my doctor told me no more politics. When he the told nurse you to had cut down the, on the cable news. <laughs> when the nurse had to come running in the ICU um, recovery room because my heart monitor was going sideways because I was talking politics with a technician. Come on. She's like, stop doing that. Yeah. 
Wow. This is on Crackdown too, man. She's like, she catches me interacting with somebody on Facebook. She, she'll pull the plug. Let me ask you a question. Um, should a physician be able to call your cable company and black out certain channels? <laughs> I have to have a prescription to get certain channels. That's right. That's what I'm I saying. I have to have a note from my doctor right. to get. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like Viagra. Not for you if you're not strong enough yeah. for sex. And it's like Fox if News. your argument lasts for more than four hours, call your doctor. Not for you if you can't take this. So that's interesting. So have you, have you cut back on it? Um, I have tremendously. I can't say that I haven't engaged. Right. You know, I, um, I, 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 but I have, I've, I have now gone to knocking people off my feed. Oh, I didn't used to, I didn't, I had never unfriended anybody because I, I cause I love a good spirited debate. I'm always civil. Mm. I thank people for civility. You are civil. I um, noticed that. Not me. I appreciate that. Um, but, so, but now if, if I see some clam dip just throwing garbage out there, Instead of you engaging, I'll just drop it from my feed. Because you know how the algorithm works. Who you engage with is who populates your feed. So my, my feed was all clam dips, you know, trying to tell me, you know, about the deep state. I had QAnons, right, every, right. popping up like dandelions. Hey, by the way, um, there's people that I like that haven't been showing up in my feed. And then there's people I don't like that much who are showing up more often. Mm -hmm. And that's got me ticked at Facebook because, well, a couple of things, I'm insecure, so it has me thinking, oh, maybe those people don't really like me that much and they've stopped interacting with me and Facebook is like, let's not give them Bob Rivers. <laughs> and, and then the other ones, it's like, maybe these people are so lonely that they'll put up with me and Facebook's giving me them. And so it's that old joke, I wouldn't want to belong to any club that would have me as a member. Remember who said that? Was it, was it uh, Mitch Hedberg? <laughs> I don't know if he quoted <laughs> he stole it, it. <laughs> but he would have been in that club. Uh, I think it was originally Groucho Marx. Yeah. And Woody Allen quoted it in one of his movies and sort of made it more famous. Nice. It's a descriptor of low self-esteem. So, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, I feel the only solution to social media is if you can't... It's sort of like ice cream. If you can't forget that there's a half gallon in the freezer every night and you eat a big bowl of it and you say, you're, you know, I'm just going to have one bowl, only you get the biggest bowl in, in the kitchen, yeah. then you probably shouldn't put ice cream in your freezer. I think things should be blacked out until November 4th. Huh. I honestly, I honestly tell you, I think the country is, is in a perilous position. Yeah. And if we were, if there was no social media between now and November fourth, this country would be better off. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna play devil's advocate. On the other hand, it is a freedom, and it's freedom of speech, and we've all had a lifetime of free speech and a great career because of it. Of course, we also had to, much like the Washington anonymous skins. skins uh, we had to worry about our advertisers. Uh, Facebook, by the way, doesn't worry about its advertisers. Did you see that story this week, Spike? What was it again? Facebook doesn't worry about its advertisers. So uh, they were boycotted by Am yeah. Amazon and a whole bunch of major advertisers that said unless they crack down on fake information, they would stop advertising. And do you know what Mark Zuckerberg said? I don't need you. I don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> and do you know why he said it? 
Because people are dying to take those spots. Because, sort of, but because Facebook's advertising model is not the traditional big advertisers. It's like 90% of their advertising comes from small advertisers. They are local. They are what, you know, radio gave up, local advertising. But you don't get any more local than, like, having more information about people and their likes and dislikes and friends and acquaintances and everything about their life. You know everything about them. So the advertising is hyper-targeted and Facebook was like, go cram it. And they're not only local in the sense of local in your area, but the local in your mind space. The, uh, they are the best at putting things in front of you uh, really random things like lately uh, every Chicago pizza place in the country has been showing up on my Facebook feed wanting me to uh, <laughs> to buy pizza and have it mailed to me from Chicago really? and I have I've hit the button to do so about three times and then uh, every time Kelly has talked me off the ledge and kind of threatened me like we're not spending a hundred bucks on free frozen pizza so wait a minute how but did it, they get the idea that you wanted pizza shipped in from Chicago I'm guessing because they have seen me interact with food a lot, uh, like searching for Chicago-style pizza, New York-style pizza, which I will do, looking for mm. something close by to here. They're also showing me uh, what a wonderful vacation you can have in eastern Montana in all these places, because I believe <laughs> I went uh, I went once looking for, how far is it to drive to why North not, Dakota why not? from yeah. Seattle? <laughs> yeah, so, so now I'm getting every little campground from here wow. to the middle of nowhere uh, in my Facebook feed, because... I inquired about that. And Facebook, by the way, is, is they're in, I won't say they're in trouble because you're right. They have so much of our knowledge and they have uh, so much going for them. But, but they're not making anybody happy right now with the way they're putting out the, okay. their stuff, the way their algorithms are working. I'm not seeing any stuff I'm particularly interested in. I'm seeing a lot of advertising. Let me stop you for a second because I want to jump mm -hmm. on what you just said because it's super hyper important in this day of social media and cable news, and it's all tied together and connected together. You just said the key thing. It's not making me happy. Right. Well, social media and Donald Trump have discovered that making you angry serves their needs better. It's more they're profitable. Wrong. They're wrong there. That's not with me. They can think <laughs> well, it does. No, no, it serves their needs. I didn't say your needs. They don't give a shit about you. Yeah, oh, well, when they make me angry, <laughs> when they make me angry, I don't give a, anything about them, and that's when I turn them off and go away. Well, so again, I'm not going to sit there and get, pardon me, Spike, but give myself a heart attack over this stuff. I am going to. I mean, I am. <laughs> oh, <going> sure, to, <laughs> go for the low hanging well, fruit. Well, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm just. They, I'm Joe, they but, think, but Joe, <laughs> they they know they know everything about you, and they know your record of willpower. Oh, and they know that I yeah. will get worked up. Don't get, don't get me <laughs> wrong right. about that. Uh, but well, but uh, so listen, it's 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 so much easier to anger somebody than make them happy. It's exactly. so much easier to engage yeah. somebody. Yeah. To be, I mean, I mean, look at look at talk radio. Not to be stereotypical no, or but, generalized yeah. more than necessary, but there's never been a good liberal radio network. But conservative networks pop up like weeds. Yes. Because the, it's the, easier to build a mob than a university. Well, and uh, that's nice. Uh, and and I sort of. Uh, 
pretty much 100% agree with that. The, um, the thing about and what makes Republicans very effective is that they know how to create enemies and they know how to rile people up against their enemies. And then oh, yeah. when their enemies get riled up against them, they've brought you down to their level. So yeah, uh, straw man. Yeah, well, yeah. and this is what's going on with social media. It's not it's human nature, by the way, and it isn't Democrats or Republicans and it isn't Facebook or Google. It is human nature. It is our tribal nature. And by the way, our nature was based on survival. Anger and fighting are survival skills. And so when you get angry, um, there's a part of you, even though, Joe, I know you're not happy. But there's a part of you that likes being angry. There's a part of you that's righteous and that's going to fight against the evil. Um, and it's not just a part of you. It's part of me. It's part of Spike. It's part of everybody. And, uh, and so our interactive devices are playing us, not us playing them. They're pushing our buttons. And the, and the sole thing, and by the way, I'm stealing this quote from uh, uh, John... What's his name? Daily Show. John Stewart. I'm stealing Stewart. this from John Stewart. Their sole job is to get us to stay longer. They have, yeah. they do not care how we feel about it. And I think that goes back to what Spike said. Even though, um, and I have had to get rid of some people that were on my feet a long time too recently because it just became too much. But even though uh, these people are a very small amount of the people who I guess would be eligible to be there, why are you seeing them? Because maybe Facebook knows those are the people you're going to uh, you're going to have an issue with. Mm. Uh, that could be part of it. Have you, has Facebook ever done this to you? Um, there's people I just unfriended because of their extremely strong politics and they would post things and they don't even know they're racist and bigoted and sexist. They would just post them. Ha ha. And I would dis I would disavow those people. And there's some people that in real life I enjoy. But in digital life, I find them disgusting. And so um, Facebook will do this. If they reply to something my wife said or something elsewhere that I happen to wander into, they'll remind me that they're there, almost like, are you sure you don't miss this guy? Here he is. <laughs> and, I, and I feel like, like, I, like I want to call Zuckerberg and go, I banished that person. And Zuckerberg's like, I don't give a rat's ass what you did. I'm here. As long to, as your wife didn't, yeah. you're still in your universe. I'm here to make you engage. And so lately, I've uh, I still look at Facebook every day, but oh, I hardly ever post anything. And what I do is I just put up something if I think it's funny. Uh, but I've avoided the politics uh, because I just it, it's just it doesn't do anything for the world or for me. Yeah, there's there's smart ways to use social media, and then there's some really really uh, unhealthy ways. And Spike said it best. I mean, physically unhealthy if you get so worked yeah. up that it's going to cause you problems. But also, one of the rules I would give anybody, uh, as far as if you want to have a happy experience with Facebook, is 
uh, give at least as much as you get. If you're going to sit there and look at other people's lives and not contribute and not respond and and basically lurk, you're not going to be happy because you're going to sit there and you're going to look at all these perfect people. And even though they're not perfect, they're going to do their best. Like mm-hmm. your son, I love his joke about Facebook's like church. Everybody just once a week gets on their Sunday best to pop on and show how perfect they are. So <laughs> if, if you're if you're going to own only look at this it's going to start to bum you out and you're going to start to feel lesser than them and you're going to feel isolated so if you're going to use social media and this is what i tell uh young people uh make sure to be a contributor you have to put content up there you can't just sit there and absorb other people's stuff all right Uh, and social media is by the way it like everything that tries to ruin society is evolving when we were kids it was the boob tube, the TV, mindless, stupid entertainment. And today, television, especially uh, you know Netflix and things like that, are putting out some of the most thought-provoking, well-researched, great dramas. Uh, and television shows now make the world a better place. So uh, I foresee a future where someone uh, creates a competitor to Facebook that has a promise a a more positive promise and that uh you know at first it may not be very big but if you start having a good time there you'll tell your friends just like if you find a great show on netflix okay second topic i wanted to and then these are both aimed at you joe but everybody has an opinion on these but this and on that on that last one i will say that's tiktok that's instagram facebook already unless you're unless you're you know 45 plus facebook is not part of your world for most young people absolutely yeah they're they're already moving on to because they weren't getting that good feeling so now they're moving on to other platforms that illustrates the evolution is already underway except for us old farts okay Gosh, you got to be going crazy. My son's going crazy. My wife's going crazy. It, it today was announced, and I'm sure it's a precursor to Seattle and every place else that schools in LA will not reopen this fall. And um, th- the coronavirus is going so badly in this country. Uh, and there's really no way to spin it as not bad unless you you know just look at a couple of states that are doing well. But it's going so badly that schools will not be able to reopen. Now, yours hasn't officially announced that yet, or I would have seen it on the evening news. But I'm sure you start, saw the story about L.A. Yeah, L.A. and San Diego both uh, going at least starting virtual. I don't know if they said they'll do it for the whole year, but that's the way they're going to start is completely online and not in the classroom. So I I don't know where to begin with this, but what's your prediction for Seattle? Or maybe you can't say. Well, I can say, I mean, nobody knows. I think it's real super simple uh, in my regard is uh, there's one thing if if cases are rising if you're getting new cases uh, consistently there's no way you can go back into uh, the schoolhouse period uh, now give me a couple weeks of cases going down or going away and that's when we can start talking about going back to school uh, if we had been where we were a month ago and we'd kept on that uh, on that trend, 
we would have probably been fine for September. But as it is right now, we are going very much the opposite yeah, direction. Is Seattle like going said. downhill too? I haven't really followed. Well, it hasn't been. We will see because, you know, the 4th of July and everything just happened last week. And, yes, we have already have more. Uh, Kelly came home from work today. They have 10 cases uh, right now, which is the first time they've been in double digits uh, in a while. So it's not like just jumping through the roof, but it's certainly going in the wrong direction and has been now for a about a week spike i think washington is better off than most of the states in this country because we've got a president who hates business and has got a secret agenda to drive small business out of out of at least from what i read on facebook sure um but we but we've had an uptick in cases and in uh, hospital capacity um i don't think we're going to be going back to school we couldn't we couldn't send kids to school in march when there were 3,000 cases a day nationally because our governor wanted to be proactive right. from a safety standpoint, not just of kids, but of school employees. And when you have the numbers we have now to put people back in school, I mean, Florida's open in Disney World. What do they care, what do they care about kids? I mean, I, I'm, I'm just mystified that God hasn't sent a lightning bolt to crack Florida just above Jacksonville and have it drift off into the sea. Well, you do know that we God works film it in and mysterious ways, show. right? You've heard that one. Mm, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you can, man. I don't see yeah. how you can. I mean, there's so many ways you can think about it, and I know everybody wants their babysitters back. I know that, uh, but do you want it at the cost of, of you know people dying? And that's what'll happen yeah. if we if we go back. And then, say you do go back, what happens the first person that gets sick? What happens the first person that dies? You know, do you close things back down? Do you yeah. just keep on rolling? So there's a let me speak to that because you also said a key thing and i'd like to key in on it we have a certain tolerance for people croaking I mean, it happens all the time we have the flu we have cigarette smoking we had an opioid crisis i mean you know the opioid crisis nothing has killed as much as fast as coronavirus by the way to be and i this is the thing i always like to do is put things in perspective like because like people were like when we had like three thousand deaths, people were like it's only three thousand. And by the way, I was one of those people. Remember? <laughs> yeah, you were. I was. We weren't going to bring it up, but oh. and no, you can. It's okay. I'm, I'm happy to be held accountable. But I started doing the math, and you know, we've averaged at one point there were two thousand people dying a day. That was very short. Then it went straight down, and it stayed at about a thousand for a while. And now the number of deaths has declined to, eh, it's been three, four, five hundred a day, and now it's creeping back up. So, the, so there is actually, no one wants to admit it or talk about it, which is, of course, why I like to point it out. There is actually a safe, um, uh, there, there is an amount of death we'll be happy to ignore. It's just no one wants to talk exactly about what that is. Um, the, the kids don't get sick nearly as often. They do not transmit the disease as much as adults do which i found very interesting there can be carriers they can transmit it but we always think of school as a petri dish where everyone's gets sick and brings their cold home the argument for kids going back to school is that they aren't the petri dish it's 
it's nursing homes that are the petri dish, and it's an interesting argument. I I don't know what the actual uh, numbers would be because no one or, knows exactly or what science it may be based on. Well, uh, the science because it's a, it's a preposterous assumption. Well, it's not an assumption. Really no, is. there is there is uh, now science coming out that children do not transmit the disease as much. Well, they, the ones that die are just as that. dead as the old folks who die. Don't get me wrong, but they, I mean, schools 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 transmit disease and germs. I mean, Joe will tell you this every every fall. Yeah, every school yes, becomes but a coronavirus is different. In fact, it's and so don't odd for a respiratory disease to not affect children more than older adults. That that the that whole thing is very novel. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is, what's the acceptable level? How many people? Well, let's let's put it to me. Yeah. So uh, are you going to ignore me dying? Well, that's fine if you do. But who's going to teach my class? How about the 150 kids I exposed? Yeah. I mean, it, it, there is really no acceptable level of death when it comes to putting schools back together. Because how are you going to uh, deal with that? If you go, okay, well, the kids will probably live. Now, some of the teachers may die. Yes. But, but if one teacher gets sick, and even if it's me and I die, and by the way, I want to go back to school badly, but I'm not dying to go back to school. You're not dying school. to go back. I get it. <laughs> but I'm yes. And, yeah. and, and, if, uh, and if it is me, well, it's who's going to teach uh, what I do is pretty specialized. You're going to have to find somebody to take uh, over that program. Very hard to replace you. <laughs> yeah. So we go. I wish we were on that Zoom call because you can't see my hand in the air. Party this Saturday night. You can't see my hand in the air from over here. Did you hear about the guy who went to a COVID party and then croaked? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. I've heard a couple guys complaining about you know this thing, and then all of a sudden they're dead, and that's and that's it. Is is you don't you don't know. Uh, who it's going to get the one thing the only thing you know for sure i think everybody wouldn't even the president himself will have to admit is how do you think the he way- looks on that black mask i actually liked him better without the mask i think he's more evil and threatening with it i just my personal point of view <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he gets it gives him a little bit of a vaderish kind of I, I also father. think he again blew a huge branding opportunity because he should have had a make america great mask oh yeah a red mask with his logo on it what the heck Yep, and you, I bet before October you will see plenty of those. Uh, there will be MAGA, MAGA masks going. No. But I think even the president at this point has to admit no. the way this thing gets spread around <laughs> is by people being together. If no. nobody was ever together with anybody else, this thing would end really sure. quickly. Uh, you shut so, everything down for two weeks and this thing would die. I will nitpick right. you on one point. Um, the flu kills people, spreads in schools. And it can kill up to, it varies by year, 30, 50, 60, up to, I think, mm-hmm. 80,000 mm-hmm. is the high water right. mark of the flu. Right. Right. And right. so that's never been a reason to shut schools down. So it's no, an unknown we, now yeah. what the mortality yeah. rate would be. And Well, um, we've got four times the annual rate then in just over six months. Less than six months. Oh, it didn't yeah. start January 1. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, so far in my teaching and in all my years of schooling, I've had uh, people die from uh, car wrecks, ski right. accidents, cancer. Mm-hmm. I've never had a single colleague or fellow student die from the flu. Now, I'm not saying people don't die from the flu. No, but, but uh, I've never experienced that in, in all of my years get of school. the flu and bring it home to people who were vulnerable. Can happen. It can happen. Yeah. And, and again, 
I know I'm really, I don't know what I am with these numbers, but I just wish I had real information. There just isn't good information out there. And, uh, and since this is likely to be with us for a very long time, it seems like we ought to actually have information. It's a crazy idea, but uh, I wish we did. Um, speaking of that, there's now evidence emerging. I shouldn't use that word. Uh, it might be new evidence that people are getting reinfected. Something we read about months ago, but that evidence is emerging again. Uh, who've already had the coronavirus. And there have been some studies of people who had it, and three months later, they didn't have any antibodies left in them. Which uh, would mean that even when we get a vaccine, it's quite possible you'll have to go get your vaccine every couple of months. And there'd be 7 billion people to vaccinate. So... I'm full of excitement, huh? Isn't this the feel-good <laughs> channel that you wish you had instead of Facebook? I was talking to a pretty smart guy today and said it's going to be um, it's going to be a treatment cocktail, much like they have mm. I mean, with AIDS. There's not going to be a vaccine that prevents. We just, we're just going to manage yeah. having to deal with getting and living with which whatever is, this virus mutates into. Yeah, which is a theory and a possibility. Of course, we don't yeah. know these things yet. So, all right, enough about the coronavirus. Uh, trying to think of what else to talk my stuff is all boring i'm gardening <laughs> we already did the dead skin no i'm bargain I'm, bar I'm i'm gardening like up a storm and i'm having a ball and i'm eating fresh vegetables and i'm climbing a mountain near my near me when i hike it's a little scary because there are other people on the trail and i hold my breath when they pass me and and i think Okay, virus, viral load is when you're in the room with someone for a while. So if someone passes you on the trail, like I try to step six feet off the trail. And a lot of people, too, when they see my white hair, they step off the trail and go, Coast is clear, old man, go. And you're literally grandfathered in. On grandfathered trail. in for that. Uh, but I worry about it because it's people, and I view all people as a threat. Uh, but I've got to live. Which is, you know, what everyone who makes their compromises decides that a certain amount of risk is okay. But, uh, yeah, so I'm doing that. I'm getting out, out and about. Today there was a guy came to fix a wellhead out in our garden. And the well company showed up. And the dude was like, who runs this well company, he's a super old dude. He's like maybe 75 years old. And... I saw him and I walked up and he reached out like to shake my hand. I was like, hey, due to the virus, you know, I'm just going to stand back a little. He was like, oh, okay. And then he kept talking to me and getting closer because he was a little hard of hearing. <laughs> and I kept backing up. Have you been in that situation yet where you just, you know, you don't, you sort of don't want to hurt someone's feelings and tell them to back off? Well, Joe and I concocted a song right before my studio at home went sideways and I lost it. Oh. And it's it's still got some shelf life. Give Which me is. six feet. Give me six feet, mister. Give me six feet. Yeah. You know? I uh, do so, like that. Uh, I like that when one. We move, we're moving back into the house next week and it's all going to be, you know, back to our, my best case scenario for sound and signal and we can start making songs again. So mm. that, oh, maybe if you that. just had a, a way to play that for a guy coming up near you. 
You know, I'm, I, I, bought, I bought a police, a vintage police t-shirt off the web, speaking mm. of Facebook, knowing what you love. Um, and it says, don't stand so close to me on the back of my shirt. Mm. And I have to literally turn around and look at people who are a foot and a half behind my rear end. So you do that, yeah. Yeah, but I say, can you not read? It says, <laughs> don't stand so close to me on the back of this shirt in like three foot worth of letters. Sure, but maybe they thought you just liked the police. <laughs> yeah you need to put there's a, a giant, there's a problem with my plan yeah, Bob. <laughs> a giant picture of the of the virus a big covid uh yeah covid death with star stings hair on it on there <laughs> all right the floor is open i was just looking I felt for that, that song What's that? I'll go, yeah i was looking for that song it was great we've got it all written go ahead spike there we i'll do. keep looking um, I, I, I was never happier to have a doctor cancel an appointment on me than I was this morning. Hmm. I was supposed to meet with my cardiology team for a two weeks since my, this, you know, my, uh, sent from, what's the word for sent home from the hospital? I'm kind of brain farting on you. A discharge. Um, my discharge. Thank you. This I is not I a fun word. word. I don't like to think Come of on. that word a lot. <laughs> Icky. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I was supposed to meet with my cardiologist today at the hospital and they called me this morning. One of the, uh, Text was unavailable, had called in sick for the day. I hope that they're okay. But they rescheduled me for Thursday, so that's good news. I mean, I'm, I'm not of such a concern that I can't postpone my initial follow-up visit for a couple of days. That was good to hear. Oh, that's what felt good about it, was that they yeah. they didn't think it was an emergency. Exactly, yeah. So that How was are you okay. feeling? And, um, it's, I feel good. Um, I've lost about eight pounds, I think, so far since in the last two weeks, just from dropping the easy stuff out of my diet, the red meat and the dairy. Oh. Um, and, but my meds are kind of finding their way into my daily life. Mm. You know, I'm on low blood pressure meds. I'm on other, a couple other, couple, three other things, but that variance in my blood pressure is, I never know what to expect. One minute I feel fine, the next minute I can't walk up three steps without getting lightheaded. Okay, so you're still having those symptoms. Uh, and I'll, you know, and it, it's not really symptoms. It's, it's my, I think it's me adjusting to this, what is now an everyday regimen of medications. Mm. And my body's trying to get used to the mix, the cocktail. So, you know, life moves on. And luckily, How luckily is your does, diet changed? I'm very uh, curious. Um, I haven't had any red meat in the last two weeks. Mm. And not that I will never again, but I've been a lot of fish, um, had some chicken. Um, and I've kind of knocked dairy out of my world. And that was, I was a, That's a, a lover of milk. Yeah. I couldn't drive by anything with nipples without trying to cuddle up, you know, yeah. and it was um, cows, goats. And they've, and Folk, they've closed Folkers down cat. all of those uh, adult entertainment places that you could go see them. <laughs> all the coffee shops, yeah. yeah. I just drive by uh, nipple espresso bars and bikini and just, right. you know, my little flag at half mast, as Actually, they say. Maybe those are still open. I don't know. I don't know. Seattle. Oh, they're they're still out there. Yeah, they are. Okay. In fact, there are. is yeah. a little bit of controversy because uh, uh, some people are saying they shouldn't have to wear masks because they're all in there by themselves. They're a long way from you, and it doesn't make them look quite as cute if they're wearing a mask. So uh, they think it's cutting into their business a little. And uh, some are, are wondering now if you're going through a drive through and stuff, should you uh, have to be masked up or get refused service is the being in your own car is is that uh uh you know uh is that enough of a transaction that both really need to have masks to make it a little bit safer it's up to every individual governor i guess 
Yeah. Is the Melissa cooking healthy for you, Spike? Are you finding healthy food? Are you? Are you? Um, you on a, she, she, she. I'm still the cook. I'm still mm-hmm. the cook around here. You know, and, and we're not home yet. You know, we're still in the little bungalow, right. so it's 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 tough to cook. I just, um, I've got a couple of local restaurants that we've been kind of patronizing throughout this, um, and I I talked to the owner, who's a, a friend now. He owns like four or five restaurants in the Edmonds area, um, and so I know Shub and his wife Mira, who's my daughter's volleyball, a water polo coach. And I said, to them, this is I mean, they knew what happened, and you know, they say, hey, listen. We'll make this for you. We'll do the halibut. We'll do it in oil instead of butter, and we'll keep some things out of you. And I've got a, I'll, I'll put some beans together for you. And it's you know a lot more. I have well, a, I have a, a bag of beans in my fridge rather than a bag of chips in my closet. So yeah, well that's it. That's a big part. I went to the doctor, and I my blood work did not come back good. And oh, you, you know, were going to tell us about that last week. Yeah, what happened? yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's basically the same thing. It's like I have to go back to get the okay. Here's what we need to do speech, but definitely a little high on the cholesterol and definitely high on the blood sugars, and it's all dietary and and not uh, exercising. So Kelly cooked for me. She cooked uh, uh, super healthy. Had turkey roll ups for lunch. Had uh, uh, spinach and uh, uh, chicken last night, and uh, then today I, I went and got me a, a fridge another fridge and it was a free one this time so that's a bonus and on the way back i stopped at popeyes and got a chicken sandwich and uh i got home and she said what did you have for lunch and i told her i said i had popeyes chicken sandwich and that was it so i'm one day it lasted of healthy cooking i'm cut <laughs> off she's she's not gonna cook for me now, anymore when you get the popeyes chicken sandwich do you get it with nothing else or do you get fries and exactly and then she said you said you were gonna make good choices i said do you see a milkshake do you see any fries i made a good choice <laughs> oh, i had a popeyes <laughs> chicken sandwich so, I just put so, a small gun to my chest. Uh, not a big gun, just a small gun. But but and she is right. I mean, you got to it's a and that's what I know my doctor's going to tell me too. It's like the eating healthy and it's hard to eat healthy and count on I don't care how healthy they cook to count on a restaurant for your food and to eat healthy is really hard. It's a challenge. I mean, it's, and it's not a challenge because it can't be done because it can. You can order salads. You can only go to places that have healthy choices. The problem is the moment your brain thinks restaurant, your your lizard brain remembers all the good sugar, fat, salt, you know, gravy, all of the things that you love about restaurants, and your brain, your, and then, your brain just says, "Give me that." And the smell kicks in. Yeah, that's. I mean, the smell yeah. is the tipping point. Yeah, it's you tough. pull up with it, the best of intentions, and all of a sudden you're like. <laughs> Oh, well, and all those things that they can make better than you. I mean, tater tots. Yeah, I could heat them in an oven, but, you know, I don't have a big thing full of grease to fry them in to make them really good. I mean, you know, that's that's you unique said grease stuff. and good in the same sentence. Did you hear yeah. yourself? Well, yeah, I mean, oil, let's call it oil, but it's uh, melted grease, I guess you can call it. Okay. But, but, well, hey, you know what? But, Next time we're going to bomb somebody, we'll bomb them with peacekeeping missiles. Yeah. <laughs> but Changing it's, uh, the name uh, of something doesn't change coal. what it does. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know, but yeah. but it is tough to because you go to a restaurant and you want those things you can't do at home. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can make a salad at home. Why am I want to pay fifteen bucks well, for something? There's to a make reason me a to salad. Pay, pay a small amount for salad is you're only going to get the portion they make. 
you're not going to have to spend the time making it. And you're going to be building a habit of eating healthy at a restaurant. So there's three right. good reasons. And that's what I told her I would do. I'd say from yeah. now on, I will make, I will go with the salad instead of the burger. And, wow. Is and, that the first I've, time in your life you've ever used the phrase from now on? Well, no. I mean, from now on, uh, starting today, uh, the old from now on somehow hit an expiration date or something. Yeah, yeah. One I mean, day. They, they were, <laughs> yeah. They, but uh, anyway, I, I Let think Let me know I'm how that pizza feeding. delivered by FedEx from Chicago is. That's all. <laughs> we'll close out. Yeah. All right. Get four of them for 100 bucks. Sure. One right more topic. And then we got to go talk to our audience on the Zoom uh, thing with the patrons. Uh, so, we get to. Um, I got to get to. Yes. Um, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I'm fascinated with this part of the Jeffrey Epstein story for a couple of reasons. Uh, one... Uh, it's amazing to me how he was protected by the establishment. And by establishment, I don't think it's a partisan thing. I think when you're rich and you can buy a dream team of lawyers, the laws don't apply to you. And if your friend's the president, the laws don't apply to you. And it's just, I also don't think it's anything new. And I think it's a part of our crazy um, media spotlight that we get to look at this, but also because uh, Jelaine Maxwell or Ghislaine, as they're now saying, they keep changing the pronunciation, but it's Ghislaine. That's not going to keep her safe. She needs more than that. She needs surgery, plastic yeah. surgery. Anyway, she holed up in a beautiful piece of property about 45 minutes from here in an area that we like uh, near Lake Sunapee. And it's, uh, it's a gorgeous little area with lots of hiking and mountains. I was like, oh, that's cool. And so I, I was, I've sort of been watching this because since she allegedly used to manage everything for Jeffrey Epstein, one could ponder as to whether she managed the secret videotaping of high-powered uh, people who were there and whether those tapes exist uh, since she had been um, questioned before and when he got off, she got off, uh, there was an agreement, and I, I'm sure you've all, or at least one of you, has seen one of the uh, documentaries about Jeffrey Epstein where the agreement that uh, he was given included any co-conspirators and could not they could not be prosecuted did you see that aspect of it the uh yeah when he was plea bargaining it with sounded a, like that dude acosta yeah it sounded like he got a way too way too good of a deal and everybody associated everybody with associated with him so the fact that they're hauling her in is a little bit like making the redskins change their name oh it didn't work last time but will it work this time and there are a number of stories out about her today. Tomorrow, that by the time you hear this podcast, they will have decided whether to, to give her a bail or not, whether she'll be granted bail in her arraignment, which is tomorrow. And of course, so keep that in mind as we talk about this, because the news may change. The conventional wisdom is there ain't no way she's getting out on bail because she's a flight risk. Uh, and a few developments today sort of highlight put a punctuation mark on that point um and i don't know if you saw this news story yet but when the um 
Federal officials, the FBI agents, arrested her at her New Hampshire estate. They found her cell phone wrapped in tin foil. Did you see that? that I work? saw the headline. I didn't know what that meant, what the purpose of that would be, unless like she had it hidden in the freezer with a bunch of frozen steaks or something, hiding it. Now, I think it was like on a counter or a dresser or something, but they said it was a ill-advised way to try and avoid being tracked. Hmm. Oh, like reflecting the radio waves or something. Yes. Well, your your. I can't get a signal. I don't understand. Her cell phone. Your cell phone has a GPS. Right. And I don't know how many people really know this, but if you think you have anything resembling privacy, just drop that whole crazy notion because your cell phone, uh, with various apps that you click, I agree to, follows you around like a bloodhound. And so, uh, unless she wrapped it in tin foil or just turned it off, by the way, <laughs> tin foil. <laughs> um, uh, if you've been to that house, it knows you've been to that house. Like, for example, Google knows that for 10, 12 hours a day overnight, you are at a certain set of coordinates, latitude oh, yeah. and longitude. How long is going to take you to get to work? Because that's where you go every day from that's where you go to every five. day. Yes, and if you work I, out, I think I told this. Before they know once, you're not working out enough. By the way, they could send you ads by going. You really said you were going to get on it this time. <laughs> that's not spinach. Come on. Yeah. So I used to get a, when I was uh, doing the afternoons at KZOK, I would get a thing twenty two minutes till you get home every time I would leave yeah. the building, except hey. on Wednesdays because on Wednesdays I picked Darby up from guitar practice every week. Yeah. And when I would leave KZOK on Wednesdays, you have 45 minutes to get home because they knew my schedule that better than I did. Yes. And so uh, this, is a, this is a weird, odd development for her. In fact, when the FBI agents got there, they knocked on the door, they opened up FBI. She tried to flee to another room in the house, quickly shutting the door behind her. Agents were ultimately forced to breach the door to enter the house to arrest a defendant who was found in an interior room in the house. Which makes me wonder, like, what was she thinking? Well, she's thinking there's men breaking into my house. I mean, depending on where her mind's at, she's she's trying to protect herself from, you know, whoever, is. if she didn't know for sure, you know, what they were coming in to do. So, so here's how they knock on your door. Spike, I think you could do this. Open up. It's guys that are dressed in police uniforms. We bought it a secondhand stock. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> well, sometimes they do it that way. Well, I usually mean, they I say know. FBI. Not yeah. You're a kind of, so how do I know you're real? On the TV shows, they always say FBI, but you know this is real life. I mean, I I don't know, but I'm yeah. giving you one theory: is if, and I don't know what time of day this was. Was it middle of the night? Was it two in the afternoon? Uh, but if somebody's busting into my house, one reason I might go looking for a place to hide is because it was I'm morning scared to death. Uh, so uh, FBI FBI said directed Maxwell to open the door. The morning of her arrest, uh, they searched the house. They found the foil-wrapped cell phone on a desk in a seemingly misguided effort to evade detection, not by the press or the public, which, of course, would have no ability to trace her phone, but by law enforcement. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, another development. The FBI says new witnesses have come forward, which I wondered about because, I mean, I've, I am so sick of seeing her leaning on Jeffrey Epstein in that one photo that we've seen. With, with Donald and Melania. Please bring back the space shuttle challenger because I haven't <laughs> oh, seen that man. in a while. Remember how sick you were of seeing that thing take off and explode? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, and all this publicity has caused new witnesses to come forward. And that's another thing I was wondering about with all these documentaries about Epstein. And they kept saying he would have three to four girls a day. And and yet there's like, I, I don't know how many, uh, the, the ones that go on camera, there's maybe a half a dozen of them. And then the, I think there are 24, 25 complaints or something like that. So the number has to be multiples of that. And uh, the FBI now says more individuals have expressed a willingness to provide information, which will make the government's case stronger. So uh, predictions. Uh, Does she get out on bail? Because by the time this is out, we'll know. Spike. I'm amazed that there are so many people saying she's going to, I can't believe she committed suicide next week. That kind of thing. You know, we've all seen the, the joking things. And people are worried about her safety because there are people who don't want her story told, right? Right, right. I'm amazed that she's not the safest person on the face of the earth. I mean, isn't it a real thing where, like, if anything happens to me, my attorney has been told to release all these tapes? I mean, it seems to me that would be the, she'd be the safest person on the face of the earth. If she said that. And by the way, the fact that you're bringing it up. Why would do that? Well, that means maybe she doesn't have the stuff because I'd be uh, singing like a birdie, Joe. Yeah. Well, I don't know about the making bail. I'm guessing if, if, I mean, everybody's entitled to bail themselves out for a crime unless they're deemed a flight risk, or, you know. Uh, so I'm chances are, yes, she will get bail. But what, what amazes oh, you think me. think so, really? Well, I haven't followed the case that closely, but I have watched enough of a documentary to know. Uh, what amazes me and what disgusts me is everybody wants what they can't have and when you get super duper duper rich there just aren't many things you can't have and uh, mm. you know i love a guy like paul allen it's like i want the biggest boat in the world mm. i want a football team i i want to collect those planes. are the things you'd want if you were uber rich well that's great yeah. bill gates you know I want to cure malaria. I think I want to cure sick people. That's how powerful I am. What I hate is a guy like this. And what's the one thing he can't have? And what it is is what we all can't have, which is ruining lives of of children, you know? So uh, since he's not around, I, I do hope that there becomes at least some justice for the for the alleged victims by hearing her stories. Mm. Uh, uh, but as far as bail goes, she's as entitled to bail as anybody's entitled make, to bail. Yeah, I'll make a prediction. First off, I think she is a considerable uh, flight risk. Uh, she has a history now of living in hiding. She has access to considerable wealth. That uh, I, uh, I hope uh, that uh, she's not given the bond uh, and you know, but if she is, I will say this: when she tries to wrap the tin foil around her GPS ankle bracelet, they'll probably catch her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, right. that, that doesn't work. There's a little more, by the way. Here's a story that says um, she will not speak about Prince Andrew. 
She's expected to appear in court on charges of helping Jeffrey Epstein, blah, 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 blah. She denied any wrongdoing. But a friend of hers says Maxwell will never speak about Prince Andrew. Huh. That's an interesting. She, is she hoping to seek exile in the, in the UK someday? I, I, you know, so here's the part. I talk about the rich and famous, Joe, and they can have anything they want. I think there's a bunch of people that are going to offer her a way out if she keeps quiet. That's the part we don't know. I beg your pardon. (laughs) Pictures worth a thousand words, and she's got some, I mean, there's some really damning pictures. Now, I've probably taken pictures with some really awful people, too, that could pop up. But, I mean, when you're Prince Andrew, and you're with her, and you're with a teenage girl, and one is on each arm, when you're Donald Trump, when you're Bill Clinton, I mean, these are not... You know this. This does not look good uh, uh, at all. So um, I've got a feeling that we'll be hearing some sordid tales for, of some important people, and we may be hearing them just in time for uh, the general election in November. Some of this stuff may be coming out uh, in October. Yeah, uh, which that'll is be. Oh curveball. boy, will that uh, will that cause the reality television news cable channels to explode? Uh, by the way, uh, one other fact about her living in New Hampshire. Um, she had a security guy, actually multiple security guys. They were former British military personnel were her personal security. Isn't that something? And her dad was uber powerful, uh, British dude. So before he passed away in disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is, uh, she's a flight risk. I mean, you hire security guys, you wrap your phone in tinfoil and you hide out. Well, it's, it's a horrible story, but a nice distraction from a global pandemic. Oh, I mean, it's something yeah. else to think about. So. It is. <laughs> oh, and, you know, she'll never do it again. And I've got to also hope that this kind of story will uh, stifle anybody else that thinks they can get away with it. Yeah. And uh, oh. and uh, I know we we're about out of time, but Roger Stone, there's another situation, you oh. know, of this guy getting uh, walking scot free. Why is it, you know, it's like send every kid into school, but don't send him back into prison. He might get coronavirus. I mean, well, now you know, you're this... mixing him up with Cohen, who got out on a coronavirus uh, pass. Well, no, you're mixing right, him up but... with Manafort, who's at home because they're worried about him catching Oh, stuff. Manafort, well, too. Uh, but Cohen well, Stone was. He got Stone sent was, back in because he didn't uh, follow the rules. But yeah, right. Right. Well, Stone it's was hard supposed to keep to track re- of all the former uh, president aides who go to <laughs> right. prison. Let's just say. Well, Stone was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. he Let's was talk supposed about to, Obama's buddies who went to prison. Are yeah. there any? He was uh, supposed to one. start serving this week, but he's not going to. So he got his sentence commuted because yeah. they said he, he laws might. Laws don't be, apply to rich people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We do have a ton of people to thank before we go. I right, do quick do thank that. yous on the on the new patrons, and then we're going to go talk to them on Zoom. Yes, we have uh, Jamie Bronsky, uh, Sherry Chiflo, uh, Christoph Lease, Lori Kronowski, Brett Renville, Ron Cork, uh, Bernard Seeger, Virginia Wolford, Dave Goldberg, Deborah Anatellis, Randy Heath, Neil wow. Scott, uh, Chris Lacroix. Those are all new uh, as of the last couple days. We got a few nice notes here. Uh, Lori says, hi there. It's terrific to be able to support you three guys. I enjoyed listening back in the day as well as now. If you ever need swag, I'm your gal. You get what a does she mean discount. by that, by the way? I saw that. What does she sell? 
Uh, I think she's talking if we want to make some shirts or any oh. kind of uh, any kind of merchandise to uh, to give out. Uh, she's in that business, I think. Okay. Um, another guy says, and this would be you, Bob, probably best of all. Would love to see. Uh, this is John Cohen. Would love to see a blog post or topic about your setup, gear, software, services. Oh, sure. Uh, I'd appreciate your opinions on cool tech for the world of podcasting. I'm looking into getting into it myself. I enjoy your podcast immensely. All right. So, nice. Uh, Ryan Larson says, uh, uh, still wish us old school non-tech kids could listen to the podcast on the darn radio. My pops caught half of the show and told me to try it. I tuned in the next morning before middle school on day two and have been following ever since. Nice. The entire crew through the years. Simply, you kids make the world a better place. Thank you all. all right. Now, I wrote back to Ryan, and I did. Uh, I said, you know, it's pretty simple. Click on that blue link. If you can read where this, you can listen. And then he, we got into listening in the car, and I started talking about aux cords and bluetooth and i think i kind of lost him so i basically just said have somebody under 30 show you and it's really simple but i do think one thing we need is a, a little podcast uh, education and maybe some of our patrons can uh, not only tell people about our podcast but tell people how to listen to a podcast yeah, there's still a right. lot of people that have it so here's a here's a, a minor clue so your cell phone it's connected to the world with radio. All you gotta do is wrap it in aluminum yeah. foil. It's radio waves fine. that, like, yeah. like if you check your cell phone, there are no wires going to it. That makes it a freaking radio. Right, it's a radio. Uh, this whole thing that people think radio is a transmitter tower, it is. That's one. That's like Morse code compared to what you can do now. So, yep. um, and, and and by the way, uh, the same internet that you look up. Whatever it is in your browser history that I don't want to know about, you can also look up how to listen to a podcast. If you can say that sentence and type it, there is this thing called YouTube that has videos that teach you how to do anything you want to do. I call it Professor Google. Free education. Yeah, and you can download the podcast. You don't even have to be connected. They just download the podcast, listen to it in your car, and, yeah. uh, you know, just but, off of your phone. But in terms of teaching senior citizens how to find a podcast, I find myself strangely not that interested in doing that. Well, most people okay. who work Bluetooth. <laughs> and I don't mean it most in a, Bluetooth in a mean people way. Yeah. Because what, what I want to say is Google it. Look it up. Remember when you were well, a kid, they would tell you to go to the card catalog in the library and look something up? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nothing's changed. <laughs> well, I listened to my first podcast a year and a day to go on July 11, 2019. I'd never listened to a podcast in my life, so I don't feel all that uh, smart and special. Uh, so I'm willing to help anybody uh, that I can. And by the way, that was our podcast. Our first one was on July 11th, yeah. 2019. So uh, it is very amazingly simple, but it can also be daunting if yeah. you if you've never done it. Um, lots of other stuff. You guys were my morning entertainment every day in the 80s. Thanks for being a huge part of my daily routine again. Jenny Jinx says, can't wait for the Zoom call. Totally having happy hour with Joe. I think I might have to have a, uh, at least a little something. Hmm. Brett Are Renthal, you going to drink I, during the Zoom call? 
Well, I don't know. If she's counting like on it, yes. I don't yeah. want. I don't want to let anybody down. Is it going to come I mean, in a milkshake uh, from Popeye's chicken? Is it going to be no, mixed no, <laughs> no? There will be no milkshake. I might go look for. A, Have a they light. told you it's okay to drink with your current conditions? Well, I haven't been back. See, that's why this is my kind of my uh, this is my grace period. And that's what Kelly doesn't understand. I've I've gone to the doctor, <laughs> and I've I gotten don't understand the, it either. Sure, well, I've gotten the we need to have a talk you know message so so i'm going to schedule that talk and i feel when that talk comes and when the marching orders come then if i'm negligent of whatever he tells me to do that would just be being purely negligent so you just used marching orders and negligent in the same sentence I love right that. but right now we're living in this kind of uh kind of this in-between zone you know kind of the preseason, <laughs> i guess you could say where we can practice Purgatory. dieting yeah, but but we're not there. Uh, by the way, speaking of dieting, a lot of these. Congratulations on the uh, Hall of Fame, Bob. By the way, congratulations. That, that uh, was it's amazing. It's a nomination. It's a nomination. But thank right. you. Yeah. Uh, and we got tons of those. And the only second hottest topic than the Radio Hall of Fame nomination was, where is the salad dressing recipe you talked ah, about? When okay. are you going to post that? I was going to post it. Dressing. And, um, oh, shoot. Uh, can you guys talk amongst yourselves? It's upstairs. Just talk amongst sure. yourselves. I'll be right yeah. back. Yeah. Okay. You bet. Okay. So I'll run a few more of these by spikes. Uh, let's see. Please do. Um, uh, we talked about living alone. Marta Card says, not true for me on living alone. I am a super social person, and it's been trying. I can't imagine yeah. being someone who is older, having health issues, no interaction or support. Because I was saying a lot of my friends are kind of hermits, and they were kind of living this life uh, before this whole thing started. But Right. Uh, for, They're prepped for, for COVID from a, a pre-existing lifestyle. Right. Yeah. I got buddies that have been sitting in the same trailer watching the same TV show for 20 years. It's not changing their life too much. I mean, yeah. uh, but but apparently for her it is. And, and you mentioned uh, that when you were reading off a list of new Patreons, was that uh, was that the Neil Scott that you mentioned? Neil Scott from KJR. The Neil yep. Scott, yeah. The Neil right Scott. And, Love him. And he... He sent us a nice email saying uh, some of his favorite times spent at KJR when we were on the other side of the wall. He listens to every single one of our podcasts and is glad we're back. So, Okay. Here's the uh, salad dressing recipe. The story of the salad dressing is that back in the 80s, when I was on the air with Zip in Boston, uh, Worcester actually, there was this restaurant called the El Morocco. A bunch of high-level mafioso types who were in with record companies, a big, you know, I, I don't know about this restaurant, but is let's put it this way. Spike, you would understand. They had sit-downs there. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. And a lot of corner booths. You yeah. could see the door and nobody was behind you. A Mediterranean restaurant called the El Morocco. Uh, the salad dressing was legendary and no one knew how they made it until we met a disgruntled waitress who'd been fired. And she used to make the dressing. And it's going to sound super simple. By the way, there's still a restaurant in Worcester that makes it this way, the old-fashioned way. And I still go wow. there for a salad. You ready? Yep. One cup extra virgin olive oil. Not ordinary yeah, virgin. From, not slightly from virginal. Epstein, Epstein Island. <laughs> yeah. Extra virgin. Extra virgin. Yeah. Stop that. One cup extra virgin olive oil. 
one half cup lemon juice. Fresh squeezed is best. Always. But, but the Minute Maid kind that comes frozen in a plastic bottle will work in a pinch. Four teaspoons of salt. Four teaspoons of mint leaves, which you can buy at a, uh, you know, you could buy the mint leaves that are already dried. Grocery out. produce section, you can get them. Yeah. yeah. Or you could use fresh mint, but you, they don't. You don't have to. Mm. Okay. You just get the dried out mint mint, leaves because the the oil uh, lubricates them up. So I'm going to give it to you again. One cup extra virgin olive oil. One half cup lemon juice. Four teaspoons salt. Four teaspoons mint. If you're allergic to salt and your doctor says no salt, you cut back a little bit if you want to. But if you follow this recipe, you only have to drizzle it on the lettuce. Oh, and it goes best with a Mediterranean salad, which is traditionally iceberg lettuce because it's crunchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, le- uh, onions. You can use either the white or the red, but onions mm-hmm. go great in this. Tomatoes. And they don't put much else in their salad. They don't do the whole fancy, lots of no, different no little cucumber? lettuce. cucumber? Uh, you could do cucumber. I think they do uh, yeah. cucumbers, yeah. But, cucumbers uh, big but, in the Mediterranean. Yeah. But not massive cornucopia of colors is necessary. I, I, I'll eat this on anything. And because it's not got the vinegar in it, it's gentler on your stomach. And for mm. some reason, the lemon juice makes it so that you don't need much dressing. You just don't need much. In fact, if you put too much on, you go, oh, I put too much on. So unlike the dressings, you know, the dressings that are basically mayonnaise and cream and all that stuff, uh, this is Mediterranean. It's about as healthy as you can be uh, and still have salad dressing. That sounds like a pretty big batch. That's going to keep you going for a while. Yeah, that make, well, it makes a big, I've got the bottle right here. When I met the program director of KISW, uh, Dave Richards, I told him about this dressing and he asked me for it. And he he started making it. And it was probably 10 years ago and he still makes it. I think it's the official men's room salad dressing recipe now, Bob. Yeah. They're making millions of dollars on that. <laughs> if they want, I don't care. We stole it. So, you know, if someone else steals it, it's fine. Uh, it's all... You know, natural, easy ingredients. There's no emulsifiers. There's no MSG. There's no, you know, stuff added to confuse it with chemicals. So that's it. Bob, Spike, and Joe. Everywhere you go. You can't escape the trio. Coming on with Brio.
Thank you very much indeed. We enjoyed this little recital. Slow ride. Take it easy. Slow ride. Yeah. Take it Thank you very much. We really enjoyed it here at Bob's Garage. We're going to wipe the oil off our fingers now. Take a bath. Thank you. Thank you very much. KISW. Pure, unadulterated rock and roll. 99.9. Almost 100, not quite. Close enough for me. As I'm sure you know, the Oscar-winning actor-director-writer Robert Duvall has starred in some of the greatest movies ever made. Films like M.A.S.H., Apocalypse Now, The Godfather, Tender Mercies, The Apostle, The Great Santini, A Civil Action, True Grit, and To Kill a Mockingbird. What I think you might not know about Robert Duvall is that he has a passion for Argentina and their national dance there, the tango. In fact, Robert became so fascinated by the tango that he wrote, directed, produced, and stars in Assassination Tango. Assassination Tango tells the story of a hitman who also happens to turn into a pretty good dancer. The film co-stars Robert's real-life dance partner, the lovely Luciana Pedraza. Is that her? 
Oh, oh no, no. I was going to say. Lovely She's lovely, too. <laughs> Jeez, I'm going to play some yeah, Rockabye Baby music here. <laughs> yeah. And in the studio with us now, is it an honor? It is an honor to welcome Robert Duvall. Welcome to the Bob River Show. How are you, sir? I'm great. Nice to be here. It's good lovely to have you. Lovely city. Wonderful city. Damn, I can't believe I'm sitting in the same room with you. I'm, let me get over that for just a second. Right. Good to be here. Uh, you have done some wonderful work over the years. Thank you. The tango is not something I would have assumed you would enjoy. Well, you know, so many people of the, wor wor the world over really take to the tango. There's a big, thriving tango community right here in Seattle. I mean, Europe, uh, to the Orient, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing since the advent of Tango Argentina about 15 years ago. Many, many people take to it and like it. So why not me, too, I guess, you know? Our yeah, intern, Pedro, is actually from Argentina, right. trying to get a job here so he can stay here. Did you meet him on the way in? Uh, I think so. I think I did, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Duvall, he said hi to you and everything. Right. He, he uh, liked the film, which is good. He's from Argentina. It's a good reality <laughs> show. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's Eric. He's not from Argentina. We're not sure where oh, he's from. We think he's a plant of like some kind. But let's bring in Pedro to say hi. Pedro was talking to us before you came in about the, the tango, and he said... It's not just a dance. It's a passion. It's a lifestyle. It is. And yeah. that when you go to Argentina uh, at 3 o'clock in the morning, in fact, I think this is one of your quotes, uh, the people will still be crowding the bars and men are dancing with men. No, 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 no. That's not no, you. No, it's a different no, no, bar. No, no. It's they a different practice, bar. No, they don't, they don't <laughs> dance with men. They practice with men. Okay. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. I watch Dances with Wolves, but I'm not sure I'd go to see Dances with Men. Right. Even if you exactly. starred in it. Well, not like that, Paul. <laughs> okay. Right, right. Tell me that. In practice, they, they don't practice together in Texas, but they do practice together in Argentina. So, okay, so you'd go to classes. But it's always a man and a woman, yeah. Hmm. Now, did you, you've always uh, liked the tango, or did you... For about 15 years since I okay. saw Tango Argentina, yeah. Then I went to Argentina. I've been about 38 times. Hmm. We... We have a house up in the uh, foothills of the Andes near the Salta, which is lovely, beautiful. Beautiful place. Oh, beautiful, man. Yes, nice. Is it easier to stay on budget making a movie in Argentina these days? Is it Your dollar goes far. It goes far. This was right before the big crunch down there. It was two years ago this May we started. But it's $100,000 a day to film in New York. It's $50,000 a day to film there. So all the New York parts we did there, which I'd much rather work there than New York anyway. Mm -hmm. So we dressed the streets like New York and, and, and did just about 99% of it there. What about the talent of the people there? Because we're very talented. I don't very want to talent. my own people. In, but in, in many areas, you know, and the actors are very good. You know, the scene where Ruben Blaze is interrogated, which all we did was, uh, like, uh, I let him loose. Improvise. We just put subtitles. You know, very. In if you pay there, they will do absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah. I call it a middle. There's a middle class street mentality there. People that do business in the streets mm -hmm. and uh, they're very quick. They're quick people in a lot of ways and. Uh, some wonderful actors and good crews and wonderful, wonderful, uh, you know, working conditions. Now, I'm sure you, Robert Duvall, were kept very safe there, but um, should I take my family on a Buenos Aires vacation about now? Is it, is, it, is it still of good value and can we be safe? Are you ready? Yes. Yeah, okay. You can go. Why not? Bring Pedro. Great. No, yeah. Wonderful. You know, any, any city. I mean, you can go down streets of any place, Washington, D.C. or New York, it can be dangerous. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's an individual thing, you know. There's safety everywhere and there's danger everywhere. Mm -hmm. I saw you on stage Sunday night, Mr. Duvall, and uh, to see all the people up there at the Academy Awards, is that the biggest gathering of Hollywood? And I mean, not just stars, but superstars, legends like yourself that you've ever seen in one place before. Yeah, the only guy missing was Gene Hackman, my old friend, but I guess he was off working somewhere. Yeah, it, it was a. It was that a was large... unbelievable. Yeah, we sat backstage, though. 
We didn't go out front. We just wanted to sit backstage. And then when time to time it was time to go out, we I went with them. Yeah. You've been to a lot of Oscar presentations in the past, yeah. right? Was it more subdued this year? Was there a oh, noticeable much more, difference? Much more. Yeah. They didn't have the fanfare in the beginning. We went through the side door, and uh, you know, I had a certain respect for just what's going on sure. in the world. Like as that. a participant of it, did you enjoy it more just being as, as a, a your peers? As opposed to all the Klingons that usually are there. The same, you know. It's always, you know, it's always like L.A. is like a. I like L.A., but it's like a bubble sometimes. You know, mm. did they in that bubble? The many things that happen that yeah. don't happen outside the bubble. Did they check your ID and you said I'm Robert Duvall? And they said no, no. Oh, they still check you. Really? Yeah. I mean, it would seem so <laughs> obvious when you walk no up. Well, who you are, they check. He could be like Hussein. He could have like five or six doubles. He's probably had over the years. Yeah, have you ever run into someone that looks exactly like? No, but the people will come up to me and say, "Hey, Tommy Smothers." You know. Oh, a guy came up to me in the Philippines and said, "Oh, Mr. Hackman, I love you in the French guy." I said, "My name's Robert Duvall." He said, "Oh, you're my favorite actor." Yeah. Well, you are my favorite actor. He's, by the way, he's not kidding. He brought you in a DVD to autograph. Well, no, this actually, my favorite is Tom Hagen. When, when, in the oh, Godfather yeah. series, right. you were, you're brilliant. Oh, and you, you made the offer you couldn't refuse. Right, I mean, you right. got to deliver oh, the those contract. Those two great movies, though. Yeah, but, but my, to my wife, you'll always be Captain Augustus McRae. He will. Oh, well, that's my favorite part ever. And Is it really? Gov, ever, ever. Why? My wife says you can oh, watch just, this, you can taste the dust the when you watch it. You get eight hours to you know develop a character. That was my favorite. Huh. Are you part. friends with? Are you still f close with Tommy Lee Jones? The bond you had in that. No, movie, I haven't couldn't... seen him in a while. I mean, Tommy Lee goes off and plays polo here and there. I I I bumped into him only one time. Yeah. What What's your favorite? Uh, you must be a reader. You strike me as a, as a well-read man. What's your, What's your, What do you like to read when you're in your free time? Do you have time? Yeah, well, I, I like to read you know uh, biographies and I like to read political things and so forth. You know, I I always think women read more than guys. I mean, yeah. you know, but I try to read as much as I can. In, in the latest role in Gods and Generals, which was just brilliant, are you are you a history history buff historian? Do you like somewhat, them? somewhat? I, I, actually, I'm related to the guy Robert E. Lee. I've it, heard it that. It was an honor to play Robert E. Lee because try to do it without rewriting history to be politically correct. You know, right. like people try to rewrite history, you got to show it as it is. But my father grew up in Virginia. My father was a military man who went to the Naval Academy when he was 16. And he obviously had the same speech pattern that Lee had, because Lee, they both were educated in Alexandria, Virginia. So I just, blood-wise, yeah. my bloodline went right to my father, just because he was a gentleman like Lee. I That's just went with that. That's brilliant work. In Assassination Tango, you play a hitman, yes. but but you're a hitman, you know, like all hitmen would eventually like to to calm down, retire, right? You know, perform just an occasional hit for money. Is that right. basically yeah, it? exactly? Yeah, he yeah. would do it again if the money were right. Yeah. Just it has to be real good. Yes, sir. And uh, to play a hitman for you is probably pretty easy at this point, right? You've played enough bad guys. Well, you know, you t a bad guy is a good guy. I mean, it, mm. everybody has different sides to them, you know, and I try to find the different sides to find the contradictions to make a complete human being, really. That's true, with yeah. every character. Yeah, what, is the, what is the good side of a hitman in this case? Well, I mean, he wants to have a family. He loves his, his, his stepdaughter-to-be, and he meets a woman in Argentina who also has a family. That sense of family, that connection, the two... I try to, I try to connect... New York and Buenos Aires through social dancing through the underworld. But at the same time, and I just thought of this recently when the movie was completed, there's a connection, a family connection that he sees down there that he likes. That You know, had the boat gone the other way, he'd have been very happy and content to live in Buenos Aires his whole life. In uh, in real life, of course, you have a, a very lovely uh, girlfriend who yes. is your co-star in the movie, Luciana. Yes, exactly. And she's Argentinian, right? She's from the north of Argentina, okay. yeah. She's never acted before. 
Well, in the street she's acted. She uh-huh. knows how to act. Pedro knows about she that. She knows how to act. Let me tell you. Then, yeah, right? she really knows. So she picked it up in a, in a second. I mean, I mean, she's wonderful in the movie. And we, we practice acting through, you know, and we improvise. And I put it with other professional actors when I was in the movie sets working to help her get used to playing the game like kids play house uh-huh. to improvise, you know. And she, she was terrific in the movie. At one scene, we just set up two cameras. And with since she had a two-year-old niece from the north of Argentina that she's very close to, we said, well, we'll, give, we'll make your niece your daughter in the movie. So it gave her an emotional cementing process. Within the character, see method make method things. acting in in the sense of imagine. I don't know if it's method acting; it's my own kind of acting. You know, I don't know about that actor's studio, okay. all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you 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 turned her into an actress, yeah, instantaneously. Yeah. I say, once you get the non-actor, the first-time actor, and put them in a film, they can put the professional actor on notice when they get to a certain level. Huh. I'd rather take the tango dancer and make him an actor than take him an actor and make him a tango dancer. Maria. Uh, send you out with a little tango music here. Oh, the grace that the tango gives you, it's you, priceless. Do you ever tango? Uh, back in the days. Back in my the days. Wife, yeah. <laughs> my wife is also he's called a, He's Luciano, a young guy still, back in the days. Back I in know, the day, right? I know. Look at him, look at him. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, Luciana is his wife. That's my That's wife's name, too. Oh, great name. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful It's name. not Luciana, it's Luciana, Luciana. in Spanish. That's yeah. the right. Exactly. All right. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, experience having you here, sir. Uh, we want to thank you for stopping by. Oscar winner Robert Duvall promoting the new movie he wrote, directed, produced, and stars in. So you kind of did the whole thing in Argentina. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Fascination tank. In the movie, you go to Argentina to kill somebody. I have a long list of president governments that I would like you to kill if you go back there. Well, if, me a favor. if, if the money's right. <laughs> right. Thank you, Robert Duvall.